Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Scripture Uncovered. We brought Peter back from the depths of despair, and now he's with the group. And I want to move to the Acts of the Apostles. Luke's volume two of his two-volume work, the Gospel according to Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. So Acts chapter one, verse one. We'll pick up our story right there. Now, in my former book, Theophilus, Theophilus is the one to whom Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke. And now, in part two, I want to tell you what happened afterward. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus spends 40 days with his apostles, 11 now, Judas is gone, teaching them what they need to know to get the gospel message out to the world. So here we are at the end of that 40-day period. Now on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he said this, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we noted already that Jesus breathed on them and gave them the private gift of the Holy Spirit to enable them to understand the scriptures, to connect the dots. But now the Holy Spirit will arrive publicly. As we look across Scripture, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are on every single page of Scripture. Think of Genesis to Revelation as a play taking place on stage. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, God the Father is the dominant figure on the fore stage. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are on stage, but they're in the background. When we get to the Gospels, God the Son is on the fourth stage. The others, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they're on the stage, but in the background. Now in Acts, God the Holy Spirit will take the fourth stage. He will be there all the way through Acts, and indeed, to this very day as I'm recording this podcast. He is the dominant figure of the Trinity in the post-resurrection uh, days. So, the Holy Spirit will come. So when they met together, they asked, Well, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority. Never mind about that. You have a job to do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, the epicenter, then outward to Judea, outward to Samaria, and outward to the very ends of the earth, the Roman Empire this day, but the entire earth in our day. The message is still going out. 
I find it remarkable that I'm sitting here in my study recording this podcast and thousands of people are listening. Over the last 30 days, we've had over 50,000 plays of the podcast. All over people are listening. Imagine. And sure enough, he said this would happen. Now, after this, right after we said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. While they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, the physical resurrected body of Christ goes upward into heaven. And suddenly two men in white stood there, two angelic figures. Men of Galilee said, why are you standing here looking up in the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in exactly the same way you saw him go. So from the Mount of Olives, Jesus ascended into heaven. And when he returns, he will descend and touch down right there on the Mount of Olives. Now, as many of you know, I've led many teaching tours to Israel. One coming up, we have a tour scheduled for October, November of 2021. Oh, I hope it happens. I, I, I'm so eager to get back. But that will be my 64th teaching tour to Israel. And I always think, standing on the Mount of Olives, imagine if Jesus returned today. As I'm teaching on the Mount of Olives, suddenly there's an earthquake and the heavens open and he descends right there. Can you imagine? Well, I hope you're with me when he does. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, the Sabbath day's walk from the city, about five, six hundred yards. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, in those days, so Jesus is now gone, and we have a 10-day period between his ascension and the Holy Spirit arriving. During those days, that 10-day period, Peter stood up among the believers, a group now numbering about 120. And he said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested him. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. And we read parenthetically, Luke writing, with the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a, f a field, and there he fell headlong. His body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about it, so they called that field in their language Akeldama, which is field of blood. Now wait just a minute, you say. I thought Judas hanged himself. Well, he did. But apparently, he was left dangling for a while. He didn't hang himself right in the middle of Jerusalem. He went out away from the city. And when they found him, you know, all the body fluids headed south because 
He was dead. He began to swell up. And when they cut him down, apparently he hit the ground and burst open. How cool is that? <laughs> well, may another take his place, said Peter. Therefore, he said, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, someone who was an eyewitness to the entire three-year public ministry, beginning from John's baptism to the time he was taken up from us, an eyewitness to these events. Remember last time how important it was in Second Peter? We were eyewitnesses. We didn't make this stuff up. We were there. So they nominate two people, two people, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart, show us which one, and by lot they choose Matthias, and he's added to the eleven. Now we haven't heard anything about Joseph called Barsabbas or Matthias. But apparently they were there. They were eyewitnesses. They were on the fringe the whole time. We meet them here. Now, when the day of Pentecost came, the Jewish feast of Pentecost, there are three major pilgrimage festivals in Judaism. Passover remembers the Exodus. Pentecost remembers the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And Tabernacles remembers the 40 years in the wilderness. So from Passover to Pentecost, that time in between. When Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them, flashing, flashing light, like like a silver dove in the, in, in the bright sunlight flashing over them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. It's Pentecost, after all. Passover remembers the Exodus. Pentecost, 50 days later, hence Penta, 50 days later, remembers the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. So, again, just like at Passover, pilgrims came from all over the Roman Empire. The crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard the apostles speaking in his own language. Now, the native language of the apostles was Aramaic. That was Jesus' native language. It was Peter's native language. Hebrew was a literary language not really a spoken language at that time. It was a literary language, the language of the scriptures. But Aramaic was the normal spoken language. But now, here are people, Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, remember Simon of Cyrene? Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans, Arabs, people from all over with all different languages. And they hear the apostles speaking in their own language. 
We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what in the world's going on here? Oh, the gift of tongues. We think of the gift of tongues as a, a kind of ecstatic utterance. That's not what this is. The apostles are speaking in Aramaic, but they're being heard in all these other languages. You know, when I was in graduate school, I, I had to, I took, I, I took Latin, I took Greek, languages that you read, you don't speak. I'm not good at speaking other languages. But I had to have a modern language, and I took French. I was the worst French student ever. Oh, gosh, I was hopeless. And every week on a Friday, every Friday you had a quiz in, in the French class. And uh, every Friday I would, I would walk to class praying for this gift of tongues, that if I could just speak in English and the teacher would hear me in French, wouldn't that be wonderful? But I'm afraid it never happened. Now, Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said, follow Jews. Now this is Peter who was so ashamed and, 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 and embarrassed and humiliated by his betrayal, his denying Jesus. But now he's back. We saw him come back at the end of John, how Jesus brought him back into the fold. And now Peter takes his position of leadership. He stood up. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He's at the southern steps of the temple. Big crowd of people. Follow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain what's happening here. And again, he's speaking in Aramaic, but they're hearing him in their own language. Listen, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, because somebody says, ah, they're a bunch of drunks. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Eh, we're, we're at five, maybe. <laughs> but no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. Oh, and Peter is on a roll. Listen. Peter says, God has raised this Jesus to life. He resurrected. We are witnesses of that fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he's received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out now what you see and hear. What you witness, the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost AD 32, is exactly what God said would happen, exactly what Jesus said would happen. Exalted to the right hand of God, he, Jesus, received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Let all Israel be aware, assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Well, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. 
And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied after his sermon, Peter's first sermon, and a pretty darn good one. What do we do? Well, that's what a sermon is for. It's a call to action. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, even those listening to the Scripture Uncovered podcast during Lent of 2021. All of us. All whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Now get this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000. And where were they baptized? At the southern steps. They were at mikvah ritual immersion pools for the pilgrims to immerse themselves, purify themselves, before they entered the temple. There was a lot of water. There were a lot of mikvahs right around the southern steps. 3,000 were baptized that day and added to their number. Now pause for a moment. Pentecost remembers the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And what happened? In Exodus 20, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Moses comes off the mountain, and what does he find? He's been gone a while. Everyone thought he was dead. He finds the people worshiping a golden calf. Oh, he's livid. Aaron, Moses' brother, led them into this. And Moses lays into them. He rallies the Levites, and they go through the group slaughtering those who were leading this apostasy. And we read in Exodus, on that day, 3,000 people died. On this day, Pentecost AD 32, 3,000 people are saved. The giving of the law at Mount Sinai marks the birth of Israel as a covenant community under law. And on that day, 3,000 people die. Here in Acts, Pentecost AD 32, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, it marks the birth of the church as a covenant community under grace. And 3,000 are saved. This is not accidental, folks. This is wonderful intertextuality in Scripture. Well, what will happen now with the birth of the church? It will spread like wildfire. We began with 12. We had 120 after Jesus' ascension. Now we have 3,000 more, and very quickly another 5,000 will be added, and the church is growing nearly exponentially launching us into the future. Well, there we have it. The birth of 
the church on the Jewish Feast of Pentecost, A.D. 32. 3,000 were saved. And today, through an act of grace, more continue to be saved every day. This is wonderful stuff, folks. And I really appreciate your being here with me. Bye-bye now.